Welcome to this episode of our CRE Advantage podcast. Uh, my name is Charles Williams. I am the owner and managing member of Pioneer Realty Capital. Uh, thank you so much for viewing our podcast. We certainly appreciate the support. Uh, we do want to apologize because uh, we kind of gotten out of our schedule due to the holidays, uh, but now we can assure you that we are back on schedule. And uh, our goal is to provide some educational information about commercial real estate, how to put deals together. Uh, of course, we're going to continue interviewing various capital partners. We also want to uh, bring in uh, clients and customers who are very successful in building commercial real estate portfolios, and we can talk about how they became successful, what are some of the challenges that they encountered, and how they overcame those challenges. Uh, but before we get started with our podcast today, uh, I just want to ask you to uh, consider doing two things. Uh, one, um, I'd like for you to like uh, this podcast by hitting the like button at the bottom of the screen. Uh, and then secondly, uh, please subscribe. Uh, so as our viewership goes up, as our likes go up, uh, that shows that we're having a positive impact on the commercial real estate community. The information that we're providing is useful and helpful, uh, and that, that's good positive feedback for us. So let's get into our podcast today. Today we're going to talk about something very basic to commercial real estate, uh, and that has to do with the capital stack. Now, you may be wondering, what is a capital stack? What is the capital stack? Well, let's talk about that for just a second. So whenever there's a project, we're going to now... Uh, let me warn you, I'm not the best artist, <laughs> so uh, so I will warn you of that, but let's say that uh, we have a project here, and this is a um, development, we'll say that this is a, a multifamily development, so maybe it's an apartment building, um, yeah, <laughs> just, uh, just imagine that's an apartment building, uh, it doesn't look, look too good here, uh, but uh, Basically, what's happened here, if you're developing this property, uh, it starts off as raw land, as, as dirt. Uh, then it's going to finish as a project. It's going to finish as a multifamily, retail, hotel, something, right? But in order to make this project happen, you have to have capital to go in to that project, to go into that development, okay? Now, there are different types of capital to make a project work. Uh, so, uh, and we're gonna talk about the different forms of capital that goes into a, a real estate project or development uh, to bring that project to life. Um, and we'll go through that in detail, and then we're gonna show how you can stack that capital in various ways to make the project work. And that's where we get the term capital stack. So let's uh, talk about that for just a second. I'll get rid of this uh, very horrid picture. <laughs> and, uh, and we can talk a little bit about the capital stack. Now, um, in the capital stack, um, there are different types of capital. We have senior debt. Okay, that can go into the capital stack. Uh, we could have mezzanine debt. Uh, 
mezzanine debt to go into the capital stack. Uh, we can have various types of equity that goes into a capital stack. We have <coughs> sponsor equity. Now, we can also refer to this as um, GP equity. And we'll talk about, there. Uh, depending on the type of project, there's, there's a slight variation between GP equity and sponsor equity, uh, but they can be used uh, synonymously. Um, but then, in addition, we can have uh, LP equity, Okay, and then we can have um, preferred equity. Now, all of this, these various forms of capital um, play different roles in the capital stack. So depending on how we stack uh, this capital, will determine the overall cost of capital for the project. And remember, the goal is when we're putting a project together, we're not just focused on interest rate uh, because uh, too much focus on interest rate could have a negative impact on the overall cost of capital. So that's, that's why it's so important to make sure we structure the capital stack correctly in order to reduce the overall cost of capital. But to understand how to properly uh, construct a capital stack so that it's most cost effective, we have to understand what role each of these products play in the capital stack. So let's talk about that for just a second. Senior debt, what is senior debt? Senior debt is the kind of debt that's gonna hold a first lien position on the underlying asset. It's secured by the asset. Uh, has a direct uh, security. So for instance, um, I have this property, and we'll, we'll go back to my rudimentary drawing here, okay? But I have this property, um, and there is a debt on this property. There is a loan, that's another word for debt, uh, on this property. And let's just say property's worth a uh, million dollars. And we have a loan on it at 75% of the value. So if the value is a million dollars, the loan would be $750,000 or 750K, right? Okay, and it is in a first lien position, which means that if the borrower fails to repay this loan, then the lender can uh, come back and he can take control over this asset, take control over the property. He has the first right uh, to do that. Okay, so we have the first lien on this property, right? Okay, that's called senior debt. He's in a senior position. His position is senior to any other participant in the capital stack. Now, in a simple capital stack, you may only have your senior debt, okay? And if this is worth a million dollars and the senior debt is 750000 uh, in order to make this project work, you have to have another 250000 Well, that, that may come in the form of equity, and we'll call this sponsor equity. Okay, and this is senior debt. 
So that uh, may come, the 250000 will come in the form of sponsor equity. Uh, and, the, and the debt would be the senior debt, 750000 which would give you a total capital of $1 million, which is equals the value of the project, right? So this is your capital stack. Now, uh, the cost of capital is different for each one of these. For instance, the senior debt is going to be priced differently than the sponsor equity. Now, it's easy to determine the cost of the senior debt because it's usually depicted in an interest rate. So, for instance, this senior debt, this loan that we received to purchase this property, um, may be priced at a rate, let's call it 5%. 5%, okay? Very simple to price that. But how do we calculate the overall cost of the capital stack? Well, we have to understand what is the cost of the sponsor equity. Now, unlike the debt, which is very simple, they just give us a rate uh, to tell us how much that debt costs or how much that money costs, on the sponsor equity, it's measured in a different way. It's made, measured based on what's called opportunity cost. In other words, if what else could you take this money and invest it in, and what would the standard rate of return be? And, and based on that standard rate of return, generally, they're going to price this equity for that. So for instance, now we won't get into too much detail because we'll talk about this later in upcoming episodes on how to price equity <clears throat> and also how debt is also priced. Uh, but we're going to talk in, in general terms right now. So let's say, for instance, um, as a sponsor, you have this $250,000 and you have various projects that you can invest that $250,000 in. Uh, and what's going to determine uh, which project you invest that money in is the rate of return that you receive for your investment. So generally, you're going to target a specific rate of return. Uh, and so it's not uncommon these days to uh, target a internal rate of return at about uh, 20%. So it's going to be a 20% internal rate of return. Let's just assume that for this. So we got an IRR of 20%. Now, 20% does not mean that's the interest rate of that um, of the equity that's going into the deal. Because the, the internal rate of return uh, is a factor based on uh, cost of capital over a period of time. So uh, when that capital is returned back sooner, the, uh, it, the rate of return uh, goes up. But if that capital is returned back on a longer period of time, and, and there could be more money coming back to the project, the internal rate of the return goes down. And again, we will have a, uh, a, a podcast just on internal rate of return, but understand uh, how, what role it potentially plays in the capital stack. But let's say that if we're able to uh, reduce this internal rate of return to annualized cost of capital, um, we may say that this uh, rate of return would equal about 7% if we were to um, 
to lay it out in terms of interest rate, right? So uh, we, can, we can figure out, based on the investment hold period, uh, what that the uh, annual rate uh, or the annual cost of that capital would be. In this case, we're going to assume it's 7%. Okay? Now, what is our total cost of capital? Now, one might say that we just take 7 and we multiply it or we add it to 5, and that gives us 12%. But that's not how we do that, right? Because only uh, one quarter of the entire capital stack is priced at 7%. The other three quarters of the capital stack is priced at 5%. So to properly figure out the cost of capital, we have to do what's called the weighted average cost of capital. Okay? And there's a formula. Uh, that we use to do that. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not smart enough to just do it. I use an Excel spreadsheet. But if you're interested uh, in the Excel spreadsheet for calculating the weighted average cost of capital, we're going to add it in a link uh, to this, uh, to this uh, particular podcast where you can pull down that spreadsheet, you can put the numbers in uh, for the various uh, types of capital going into the project, and it will calculate the weighted average cost of capital. It's an excellent tool to use to figure out how much your capital actually costs. And, and it's so important because one mistake that uh, most investors make, and sometimes they're very experienced and very seasoned, uh, but one mistake that they make, and I see it often, is they confuse interest rate with the cost of capital. And sometimes they're so focused on getting the absolute lowest interest rate that they end up overpaying on the overall cost of capital. Now, the overall cost of capital is what you actually pay. <laughs> um, the interest rate is what you theoretically pay. And again, uh, we can go into interest rate and, and uh, capital uh, pricing, uh, the theory of interest rate and capital pricing, uh, at, on a, a later episode. If you're interested in having me uh, put together a, an episode uh, just based on uh, the cost of capital and how to properly uh, price capital, uh, I'll be happy to do that, uh, but just make sure that you put that in a comment uh, on this episode of our podcast. Um, so, but just keep in mind, so the way to, and I'm going to guess uh, on the weighted average cost of capital just based on uh, my experience and looking at these type of deals. I'm going to guess that, and I think I'm going to be pretty close, it's going to be about 5.75%. 5.75%. And that would be my overall cost of capital uh, for that uh, particular capital stack. Okay? And so now by I can change the pricing of my capital stack by uh, using more equity. What, what impact would you say that uh, on, on the uh, overall cost of capital uh, would there be if I increase the amount of equity I, I brought in? What do you think is going to happen to my overall cost of capital if I put more equity into this deal? My overall cost of capital actually goes up. Why? Because the cost of sponsor equity is greater than the debt. So to lower my cost of capital, I want to lever up or use more 
senior debt and reduce the amount of equity I have to bring in because they're priced differently. One is priced at a lower rate, one is priced at a higher rate. So if I can use more of the capital uh, to fund this project at the lower rate, then my overall cost of capital actually goes down. So does that make sense? And so when we're designing the capital stack, that's what we're very sensitive to. Uh, there have been cases where I work with clients, they come to me with a deal and they say, Charles, all we need is equity on this deal and we have a great rate. <laughs> we have a 3% rate on the debt. I'm like, wow, that is wonderful. You have a 3% rate on the debt for this deal? Say, so, yeah, but we need more equity to get the deal done. Well, what leverage uh, is this debt at? Well, it's at 50% leverage. So you got, <laughs> you got your debt at 50% of the value of the project, which now means you have to fill the rest of the required capital for this project with very expensive equity. Even though your debt is at a lower price, what do you think happens to your overall cost of capital? Oh, well, we hadn't thought about that. I'd <laughs> say, well, you know, that, that's what you should think about because that's the amount that you actually pay. Okay? It's not theoretical as with the interest rate. The interest rate is theoretical because you're only looking at the pricing on a portion of the capital stack not on the full capital stack. Whereas when you factor in the cost of equity and you factor in the cost of debt and you do the weighted average cost of capital, that's the amount that you actually pay uh, for the capital required to fund this project. So that's why it's so important to understand that. So we, we've gotten kind of far off into um, the different forms of capital. We, we've only talked about senior debt and sponsor equity, and then sometimes that's a GP uh, equity, and the reason why is your sponsored group may consist, may be a general partnership. So it may be multiple individuals or multiple entity entities uh, that make up that sponsorship for the project. That's why we call it GP equity. But technically it's the same. It's, it's what the sponsors, is the amount, those who are bringing this project to life, it's the amount of cash that they put into the deal. And remember that their capital is priced based on opportunity cost, which usually is uh, uh, set at some target rate, some uh, internal rate of return target. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Now let's let's uh, briefly talk about uh, the other forms of capital that we can bring into this project. We're going to change up our capital stack a little bit. Let's suppose that our sponsor in this scenario um, that he didn't have $250,000 to put into this project. Let's suppose that he, he only had, let's say he only had $150,000 to put into this project, okay? So now we have a problem. <laughs> Our senior debt who has the first lien on the property is at $750,000 and they're not willing to go any higher on the capital stack, okay? Our sponsors only have 150000 to put into this project, and that's all the money they have, right? So, so that means if you take this total here, which would be $900,000, 
uh, show that you're $100,000 short uh, from being able to fully fund this project. Now, is there another solution? Is there another form of capital that we can bring into this project so that we can deliver the project? Well, the answer is yes. <laughs> there, there are uh, other forms of capital that we can bring into this project so that we can deliver it. Uh, what are those? Well, there are a couple. Um, one is, well, actually it, it would be what's remaining here. We already talked about senior debt and we already talked about sponsor equity, right? So that's already into that project. What role do these other forms of capital play uh, potentially in the capital stack? Well, let's talk about this uh, other one here, uh, mezzanine debt. So let's say that uh, we're going to fill that void on this capital stack with mezzanine debt. So we're going to go ahead and write in $100,000, and we're going to call it MES capital. Okay, that's our MES debt, $100,000. So now we filled out the capital stack. Now remember that each of these forms of capital have different characteristics. And so uh, the MES debt is priced differently than the sponsor equity. The sponsor equity is priced differently than the senior debt, okay? Now, MES is a form of debt. It's a loan. So whenever there's a loan, there has to be some type of security, something to secure the loan. So what's going to secure this MES loan? Well, we can't say that it's secured by the property uh, because that property is 100%, um, it, it's, uh, or the senior debt is 100% secured by the property. There's a first lien on that property. Now, it, it's not common uh, for there to be a second lien on the property in commercial real estate. In commercial real estate, the senior debt holder, in general, in most cases, will not allow a second lien uh, behind this first. Now, there are some exceptions to this. In, in the case of uh, the small, small business administration, there is a, a loan program called the 504, uh, SBA 504 loan program, where they will allow a second lien uh, on that loan. Uh, but in, in most cases, in commercial real estate, uh, there, there won't be, okay? Um, but here, with regards to the uh, MES debt, it's secured by 100% interest in the business entity that controls the real estate. That's its security. 100% of the uh, business interest of the real estate. And it's gonna be priced differently. It will be priced on an interest rate and it's usually it's going to be 12 to 14 percent. So like we took the weighted average cost of capital uh, from the sponsor equity to the senior debt to the meds, you would do a similar calculation to figure out the total cost of your capital stack. Now I know this is a lot of information to consider uh, getting into the capital stack. We're going to have a follow-up episode where we talk about the other parts of the capital stack and that would be uh, limited partner uh, equity and preferred equity and we'll go into a deeper discussion on pricing these things. So join us on our next episode when we talk about the capital stack. Thank you very much. Please like us
and we look forward to seeing you again.